0: What is up, guys? It is Quinn here, and in this video, I'm going to be running through my week six wide receiver rankings, just going through the top 36 wideouts. If you guys do enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit the like button, and if you're not already subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Let's not waste any more time, let's just jump right into the rankings. Number one, I have Cooper Cup going up against the Panthers. You can never go wrong ranking Cooper Cup as your number one wide receiver. Then, at number two, I have Justin Jefferson going up against the Dolphins. I feel like these top probably three are pretty locked in here. So Jefferson against the Dolphins, then Stephon Diggs against the Chiefs. That should just be a very fun game in general. Then here at number four, I actually have Mike Evans. This may seem high for Evans, but I think Evans and Godwin can both have really strong games this week. They're matched up against the Steelers, and the Steelers have given up the most points to wide receivers, and it's like not even close their secondary has just been getting torched all season long. So I think we could be in store for one of those classic monster Mike Evans games where he goes for like 120 yards, two touchdowns. And then I think this could also be the game where we see Chris Godwin really break out. So I have Mike Evans here at four. I have Chris Godwin ranked at 14. So very high on both of these players in this matchup against the Steelers. At five, I have Jamar Chase. I understand he's been disappointing. I'm not fading away from him. The overall volume is still there. We know he's incredibly talented, so I'm not going to be moving off of Jamar Chase here. I still think he's a very, very strong wide receiver, one play. Right after him, I have A.J. Brown going up against the Cowboys. I think a lot of these upcoming guys are in the same tier. Guys like, you know, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Tyree Kill these guys can be pretty interchangeable. But I do want to focus in on Marquise Brown here, because he is someone who has really just kind of elevated himself into wide receiver one territory. He has been on an absolute tear over the past three weeks. These are his last three stat lines. So week three, he had 14 receptions on 17 targets for 140 receiving yards. Then in week four, six receptions on 11 targets, 88 receiving yards and a touchdown. And then in week five, Eight receptions on 10 targets for 78 receiving yards and one touchdown. He's just been wildly consistent, giving you a very high floor and also a very, very high ceiling. He's also matched up against the Seahawks, which actually isn't a super solid matchup for him. The Seahawks have actually given up the fourth fewest uh, number of points to the wide receiver position. But in my opinion, this is just one where you trust the stud wide receiver. I'm firing up Marquise Brown as a mid tier wide receiver one the talent is there, the consistency has been there. And even in a bad matchup, I'm going to be rolling with Marquise Brown, plus potentially or probably definitely the last game that he will be playing without uh, DeAndre Hopkins before Hopkins comes back. But like I've talked about in previous videos, I will still not be fading off of Hollywood even when D-Hop does return. So I talked about Debo at eight, Tyreek Hill at nine, I have C.D. Lamb here at 10. I think it's impressive that he's worked his way up to a top 10 fantasy wide receiver without Dak. I think when Dak returns, he's right in that argument for four, five, six, in that range. I truly think he can set himself up there. At number 11, I have Mike Williams. I probably should have said this off the top, but I left a few wide receivers off just based on injury concerns. Those guys were Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, and then Rashad Bateman. We've seen each of these guys miss at least one week. Keenan Allen's been out for four weeks. Honestly, at this point, I don't really know what to do with him. So for Mike Williams, I'm just going to be assuming that Keenan is not going to play. And so if Keenan Allen is not in the lineup, I think Mike Williams is a very strong wide receiver one play. Then at wide receiver 12, I have Cortland Sutton just continues to put up solid production, even in an underachieving Broncos offense. This is also a decent matchup in terms of, you know, for fantasy points. The uh, Chargers haven't exactly been a lockdown defense. So I think this could be a solid matchup here for Cortland Sutton. Then I've got DK Metcalf here at 13, and I'm just gonna talk about Metcalf and Lockett together. I have Chris Godwin sandwiched in between them, already mentioned him. So Metcalf at 13, Tyler Lockett at 15. We saw the Seahawks offense really turn around their overall offensive unit uh, heading into week three. So week three, week four, week five, they've just been firing on all cylinders. Over that stretch, both Metcalf and Lockett are averaging 19 points per game. DK Metcalf's averaging 10 targets a game. Tyler Lockett is at 8.3 over that three game stretch. And if you're getting Metcalf 10 targets, you're getting Tyler Lockett 8.3 targets, especially with the quarterback play we're seeing out of Geno Smith, they are going to produce with that volume. The Seahawks are getting the ball in their best player's hands. And if Geno can keep this up, I mean, both Metcalf and Lockett are just looking like absolute fantasy steals so far this season. The Cardinals are pretty middle of the pack when it comes to wide receiver uh, points allowed, but like I mentioned, we're not chasing the matchup here. We are chasing these two stud wide receivers balling out, you know, alongside Geno Smith, who is playing out of his mind so far this season. After Lockett, I have Michael Pittman here at 16, just another solid option, who's kind of been bumped out of that top 12 range. Obviously he's been struggling a little bit, but I think it has more to do with some of these other dudes really outperforming expectation. Lockett, Metcalf, Chris Godwin with a strong matchup. So we did see these guys kind of jump Pittman here. Now at 17, I have T. Higgins, and this is just an impossible spot to rank him because we know he is dealing with an injury. And it's just tough to navigate a situation where the player suited up for their previous game, but then it was like almost like a decoy situation. Where he's not actually playing, he's not giving you, you know, that production. So I have him here at 17. A fully healthy T. Higgins cracks the top 12, probably even cracks the top 10. I mean, I'd probably move him ahead of Corlin Sutton for sure. Maybe ahead of Mike Williams, but he's right in that range. But you know, with the uh, injury uncertainty, he's just going to be sliding in here as a mid-tier wide receiver too. Hopefully, we hear more about his availability throughout the week. At 18, I have Chris Olave. He is currently in concussion protocol. Doesn't necessarily have a great matchup against the uh, Bengals. Bengals have definitely been a really strong team in terms of their secondary, not allowing a ton of production to the wide receiver position for fantasy. But for me, this is just believing in Chris Olave. He has shown so far that he is a very special player. As a rookie, this man is balling out. Over the last three weeks, he's averaging 18.6 points per game on 8.7 targets per game. He's commanded targets with Michael Thomas in the lineup. He's commanded targets when he's really the only top option with MT Landry out. Chris Olave is the real deal, and I think he's going to be a locked-in wide receiver too moving forward. 19, I have Amari Cooper, continues to show that he does have a pretty high ceiling. He's definitely been boom or bust so far, but I think for where you drafted him, you have to be super pleased with his production, you know, pre-getting to play with Deshaun Watson. At 20, I have Jacoby Myers. He has just been a volume monster in the three games he has played in. With that floor and you know the potential ceiling he does have with that volume. I just can't see how I leave him out of like the top 24 wide receivers. So he slots in here at wide receiver 20. At 21, I have Jalen Waddle. I think Waddle definitely takes a hit with the quarterback situation for the Dolphins. You know, I think both Waddle and Hill can give you top 12, top 10 production when two is in the lineup. Once we start getting into, you know, Teddy, who's now probably out, and you have Skylar Thompson coming in, I think you got to pick one wide receiver, and I'd rather be rolling with Tyree Kill, so Waddle's going to slide in as more of a back-end wide receiver, too. Then at uh, wide receiver 22 here, I think I just said Waddle at 22. Waddle at 21, Gabe Davis here at 22, coming off of just that massive performance. Like I've talked about, he is a very low floor Very high ceiling going up against the Chiefs. This could be the spot where he has another boom week. It's totally possible. So if you have Gabe Davis, you should definitely be firing him up in your lineup because you just can't be missing out on those huge ceiling games. Then at 23, I have Deontay Johnson. I am still a Deontay Johnson believer. When we're just looking at the volume this man can command, he's seen double digit targets in four out of five games. He has a 28.2% target share. You hear those two things, you're probably thinking a top 12 wide receiver. Instead, we're looking at a dude averaging 11.6 points per game. Now some of that is due to the lack of touchdown production. He hasn't just been unlucky, he's been wildly unlucky. Zero touchdowns on 50 targets is insane. So I do truly believe that better days are coming. And He's going up against the Bucks' middle of the pack secondary. I just talked about earlier on how I thought uh, Evans and Godwin could both have big days. If those dudes are balling, the Steelers are likely going to be trailing. They're going to have to go to a more pass-heavy game script. Plus, we have the Bucks' run defense, which is probably the best in the NFL, so they're probably going to be more pass-heavy anyway. I think Deontay Johnson can command some volume, and maybe he finds the end zone this weekend. 24, I have Devonta Smith very strong fringe wide receiver to play. 25, Christian Kirk, really strong start through three weeks. Then he had a uh, down week four, but still commanded volume. Then week five was just kind of a weird situation where he was just you know totally non-existent in the offense. So we'll see if he has a bounce back, but after two down games, it's tough to put him higher than some of these other dudes who have been balling. Then at 26, I have Drake London. He's definitely being hindered by the uh, coaching staff he has around him. Arthur Smith continues to have questionable usage of his studs. First, it was Kyle Pitts. Now, it is Drake London. Hopefully, that doesn't continue. I still think he's talented enough to kind of outperform the situation he's in, but he definitely doesn't have the ceiling of some of the players ahead of him. Then, at 27 and 28, I have back to back Commanders wide receivers Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. I feel like this is where these dudes are going to be slotting in consistently with bye weeks, probably high end wide receiver threes. At 29, I think there's a pretty serious fall off after McLaurin. I ended up going with uh, Adam Thielen here. He's been slightly underwhelming, but the volume has been solid. The touchdowns just haven't really come through, which is the thing that he's actually been pretty solid with over the past few seasons. So I think that'll correct throughout the season. After him, I could have gone in a variety of different ways here. I ended up going with DJ Moore. And it may seem tough just because he's been so underwhelming so far this season. But we've seen some serious shakeups with this offense over the past few days. Matt Rule fired. We're going to have new coaching coming in. And then now Baker is out with a high ankle sprain, which means that PJ Walker is stepping in. And maybe it's wishful thinking. I think this may be the thing to kind of spark DJ Moore's fantasy value. You know, it's easy to just kind of throw that out there. And in reality, like PJ Walker may not, you know, even be an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. But I think when we're just looking at the situation, DJ Moore has produced with subpar quarterback play in the past. This is really the only situation where he's had a major issue here with Baker. So even if Walker isn't like putting up winning football, you know, really helping this Panthers offense in terms of real life fantasy, if he can just get DJ Moore, the rock, Let him do his thing. I do think this is an encouraging sign for DJ Moore. So, if you're someone who drafted Moore, you've held on to him. I think you should be a little bit optimistic here with Walker coming in. Also, the Rams, I feel like they have this reputation of having a really strong secondary. They've actually given up the fourth most points to the wide receiver position. So, obviously, you have Ramsey there, but it's not a unit that's like wildly scary, at least this season. So, I think DJ Moore. You know, fringe flex play. I think he's definitely startable this week. At 31, I have Jerry Judy, another guy who's been underperforming, kind of tough to slot him in here. He has a solid matchup against the Chargers, like I talked about with uh, Sutton. Their secondary hasn't been great, the defense is banged up. A lot of this is going to come down to Russ. I think at this point, it's clear that Sutton is the better wide receiver, but if this offense is clicking, Judy can totally still be a top 24 guy but when Russ is struggling, it's just unlikely to come together for Judy. At 32, I have Rondell Moore. This is more of a start of a situation and like an overall role in an offense, as opposed to actually like believing in the talent of Rondell Moore. Not that I don't believe in Rondell Moore or I'm anti-Rondell Moore, but we saw Greg Dortch come in, play this role, put up like 13, 15, then 17 points in his three starts. We see Rondell Moore come in, He has one dud game, then comes out with a solid performance here in week five. So this role is just a spot where you're going to be peppered with targets. You're going to have opportunities. And so I think that's a solid spot for him to be as like a mid to back end wide receiver three. Then we've basically got a ton of young wide receivers here. Garrett Wilson at 33. At 34, I cheated uh, just to add another dude in here. I put Dobbs and Alan Lazard in the uh, same category They're basically back-to-back every single week. I think Lazard's kind of been outperforming uh, his overall volume. They're getting similar snap looks. Obviously, they're in the same offense. So I think they're pretty interchangeable at this point. And at 35, I have Pickens. He's definitely seen an emergence with Kenny Pickett taking over his quarterback. So we'll see if he can build on that against the Buccaneers. And then finishing it up with Alec Pierce, who's had a few solid games in a row, should be continuing to earn more opportunities but that is going to wrap it up for my top 36 wide receivers. If you guys did enjoy, stayed all the way through the end, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Also go check out the top 36 running backs if you haven't already, but thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.